0: This is the Saints score on Voice FM 103.9 as well as all of your good podcasting platforms. This week, I'm joined by Mikey and Ollie to preview Saints FC's match against West Ham United in the Premier League. Football is fully back. It's I can't wait. Guys, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, okay. I'm
1: doing good. Yeah,
0: yeah. Quiet <laughs> this morning, both of you. Well, Mikey, we'll yeah. go with you first then. You've know you seen pumps for today's episode.
1: Uh, to be honest, I thought Ollie was going to go first, but, you know, that yeah. that's just how well organised we are as a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. It's nice to have Southampton back, and I can't wait yeah. to get down to St. Mary's on Saturday.
0: Ollie?
2: Yeah, I've got my ticket. It's arrived, thankfully. Apparently, the issues with the ticketing has been rectified, so that would be nice. So I can get in there with about any stress, it will be my last game before I go off to university, and then I don't know when my next Saints game. Gonna... That's a sad feeling, not knowing when my next mm. Saints game in person is going to be. May have to work weekends, and so might not even be able to to listen or watch them anymore. It's uh, you know bittersweet, Harry. Bittersweet.
0: Sad state of affairs here. I, what I said to my um, dad on the trip back to Darwin because I have returned to quite literally the middle of the country, is if we're talking about technicalities, this is the first Saints home game I've missed with at least 2001 fans since about 2019 when we played Newcastle. Was it 2020? It's 2020. So, mm. you know, just well over, well over a year, I'm, I'm going to miss a home game. And I'm very upset. But do you know what? Mikey, you're going to be there. And you're going to see West Ham play it. What, what do you expect from them this weekend?
1: I'm expecting them to be very good and very well drilled. David Moyes has a way with teams like West Ham when he was at Everton, like of not maybe not having the best talent, like, but like getting results out of them and getting them to perform well. I mean, Mikel Antonio, I'm just waiting for him to bully our defenders again because uh, that's all he seems to do um, against us, is just bully our centre-halves. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it should be a good test, and it'll be interesting, because I think a, a good result against West Ham will sort of just keep that momentum, thinking, yeah, we can actually push higher up this season instead of just
0: battling against
1: relegation again.
0: Oli, do you, do you go with the fact that you think Antonio's the main man, he's the one that we should look out for, or there are other players on their team where you think, oh. He could cause us some serious problems.
2: Um, Well, Antonio's got the most goals at the moment. He's got four goals, most in the league at the moment. He's definitely probably the person who's highest on form. I don't know if they've have they done player of the month yet for the previous month or like in August or do they not do it because it's only a couple of weeks I'm not sure but uh I'm not sure yeah, but I four think goals for Antonio. The front
0: runner for that but yeah Antonio oh, really? a very dangerous a very dangerous yeah. proposition as well
2: yeah Antonio's got four goals three assists already and Ben Rama as well two goals two assists so he looks very on form as well so two players really dangerous there and are they
0: top of the league West Ham well they're very close second seven yeah, points they are, uh, they are, so, they are very yeah. close after a good start to the season what do you make do you, do you surprise they've they started this well because obviously they finished I believe sixth last season they got into the European stages uh, I, I don't know who they've got in their group because they did go straight to the group stage but did you expect them to start so well we you know they thrashed Leicester they drew with Crystal Palace and uh, they beat Newcastle as well so three difficult fixtures, but then I guess in the Premier League at the moment, every fixture's quite difficult, but did you expect them to start so well? They're coming off some
2: really good form last year, uh, and did well, especially near the end of the season as well, playing some really good football. Uh, if you listen to our prediction episode, which was I think three or four weeks ago now, I had them down in ninth because I thought they would hit the ground running and do quite well, but you always kind of see it once they hit the Europa League that the, the squad gets stretched in injuries and you can have the squad debt, but sometimes even just the the extra games and the travelling and the injuries tots up. So I think, yeah, possibly we could see them drop off a little bit after Europa, but sadly at the moment, they haven't really been playing too many games and they're still in that really good form. So it, it might be a, a little bit of a different story when we come around to playing them later on in the season, but at the moment, kind of a bad time to play them because they're on really good form. Their Their key players are playing well and um, I do think it will be a bit of a struggle Saturday hopefully home advantage I know our home advantage is not the best in the league but hopefully we can try and pull through and get something from the game I think that would be a, a result if we get something
0: Didn't mm. Leicester go down to 10 as well yeah. in they the did. game They yeah. did but I, th- I still feel like West Ham would have won that game because they were quite in the ascendancy but you are you are correct they did go down to 10 men but Although we don't have the best record uh, going down to ten men and then keeping the score down, I think there's a way to lose football matches, and the way that Leicester just sort of rolled over, it, feel, it felt like, and Antonio scored those two goals right at the end. It feels like that you know confidence is flowing through them. But, but do you agree with Ollie that you're you're not shocked with their their starts of the season at least?
1: No, not at all. Especially how they finished last season, as Oli said. I mean, we played them last game of the season. We weren't involved at all in that game. It felt like it. It felt like we just we did what Leicester did and just rolled over and let West Ham sort of just batter us. Um, but y- you can tell they they've just built a very good team. They hmm. they've just got players where you look at like the likes of Kufao, Thomas Sushek uh antonio where they're not they don't look like world beaters but they do a really good job for the team aaron cresswell's another one where he's been there for ages but he's just an incredibly solid left back and of course declan rice i think will be key in the game too, like like marshalling that midfield and that that'll be an incredibly interesting battle to watch our two central midfielders play against their two in
0: the midfield Looking at their transfer business, you know, I talk about, I talk about ours to Ollie because obviously me and Mikey reviewed ours last week, but I am interested to hear Oli's, but that will come a bit later in the episode. They've brought in Kurt Zoom, we know a lot about him. He is a Champions League winner. They've brought back Craig Dawson on a permanent deal. Alphonso Areola's come through the door. But for me, there's a couple of unknowns in Vlasic and Kral. If you look at their transfer business, you're impressed and... Do you think they needed a striker? Because for me, I feel like they need to get a main man through the door. Because if Antonio gets injured, whether it's this game, whether it's whenever in the season, I, st- I feel like they're missing either competition or a replacement if he gets injured. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought yeah.
2: the Abraham deal would have been perfect. I mean, mm. but sorry, was it me or Mikey? I can't remember who you asked.
0: No, I didn't say anyone. I just said I opened the floor, so Ollie, you go for uh, it. I'm going to go for it, man. Now.
2: Yeah, I was just. <laughs> I thought Abraham would have been the perfect deal because, let's be honest, he hadn't got a move far. He can stay in London. West Ham could probably afford his wages. I don't know what he was asking for, but they're known for you know putting players on questionable deals. So I think Abraham would have been a smart buy. He, he's English. He's still fairly young. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. So I would have thought that would have been a deal they would have really chased, but um, Chelsea let him go out to Rome. So, yeah, I'm not not sure maybe that's something they, they missed or they just didn't think it was the right thing. But, uh, yeah, they seem to ha- kind of have a quietly successful transfer window. Um, yeah, it seems okay. I think okay. The, I don't issue really,
1: with, yeah. the issue with West Ham and their number nine situation is very similar to Tottenham because they know that, well, players know that West Ham play one striker and Mikel Antonio is so key to the way that they play that you, you've you got to do something special to take him out of the team. So he's basically first name on the team sheet every single week so if you go to West Ham you know that you won't be playing first team football and like a, when they bought in like Javi Hernandez like that was that was a good sign I know that was a couple of years ago but it was a player they could that would happily sit on the bench and sort of come on making impact in games when needed and they probably needed a striker in that role it's just not many strikers now want to be that impact off the bench they want to be playing First team football, um, and they want to be playing ninety minutes, and that's not what they're going to get um, with Miko Antonio in front of them. So I think that's where they struggled. And it, again, like you look at some of Spurs. Well, I know it's it's a different team, but you look at how Spurs have done some of their transfer business. Some of the number nines they've bought in, like Vincent Janssen, like and Marcus Lorente, they haven't been players that if harry kane got injured they wouldn't be able to do the same job they were definitely disadvantaged and it'll be the same thing with west ham if antonio got injured and they bought in um the De- deca reed from fulham who i think is quite a similar player to him um it, you, you'd be like a step down anyway so it really wouldn't make a difference
0: i think that is how they they're, they're a bit unlucky in the fact that it it's almost impossible to find a striker like Antonio that's really strong, really quick, has the finishing ability, although he doesn't, he doesn't get 20 goal a season. Seasons, I mean, this season might be different. I think he'll get 15 plus goals if he stays fit. Do you think it is unlucky to, or difficult to find that sort of replacement? Because like you say, if Dover reads the first player that you can think of, I know it might not be, but the, the example you gave, like you say, that is quite a, a step down on, on Mikel Antonio.
1: Mm. But that that would be a type of player that they would look to bring in because he wouldn't be expecting. I think Adamo Adamo Lukman. I think he could have been an option, but he's not really the same like number nine type player, mm. is he? No. I and and I've just gone on FBref. Other sites are available, and it compares them with, like ten players that they compare to the player, and it's got the likes of like Ezenjeco, Dzeko, Maratta. Morata... Andre Silva, Duven Zapata, Andrea Belotti, who are all like starting number nines and they wouldn't want to play back up to Mikel Antonio West Ham. So that's where you come into the difficulty of what player is actually there who's similar, who has the same quality, but would be happy to play as a second fiddle, which uh, there aren't many.
0: Right, we'll, we'll flip the West Ham side a bit to Saints. We've talked a lot about Antonio, our former player, which, I don't know about you guys, but he was a fan favourite of mine when he was here. Even though he was here for a brief period, it's that thing of don't get attached to the lone players because they're always going to leave and they're going to break your heart by doing really well somewhere else. But we know a bit about him, even though he's, what, 10 years younger now, blightly, 10 years younger than when when he did play for us. How do we stop Antonio? That's, that's the million dollar question.
2: We need an analyst. Um, do we have one?
0: OK, um,
1: you <laughs> yeah. look at the physicality of Mikel Antonio and that's something that we've never really matched um, when we've come up against him in in games where we played against West Ham. We've been battered about by Antonio. and We sort of let him do it. We don't or at least when we try to stop him, we can't. Liancho is known as an incredibly physical centre half. And I wonder if he might be given his first start um, against West Ham. Um, and see if he can match the physicality because that's what we've known him that that's what he's been described as to us so i would i wouldn't be surprised to see him come in and see if we can counteract him in that way because we've seen ralph make changes for specific teams when we played burnley vestergaard got given a start um constantly because he was going to be the aerial threat that could stop chris wood so I wouldn't be surprised if we see this change now, and we see a slightly more physical centre half be brought in, um, maybe instead of a Jack Stevens or who's the other lad, Mohamed Salisu. Or
0: well, did you think the same thing, or do you think you know keep it keep it similar? Do you, do you have faith in Jack Stevens and Salisu to hmm. silence Antonio?
2: Well, from what I've seen, from Salisu, he does seem quite a physical player. Um, so. It depends how much Ralph wants to tinker. I mean, the defence hasn't been amazing this year, but I think Salisu is quite a physical player. and It might be good for him to see if he can challenge himself and try and match Antonio, which I can understand being quite a difficult challenge. But, yeah, I mean, Ralph can see in training who he sees as the most the most physical. Does he, you know, change it, change it up a little bit and see if he can go for someone different, like... Lianco, are we going with that? Yeah, yeah, I um, will say that. But yeah, I'm still stuck on the pronunciations, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, or yeah, or stick with Salisu because Salisu and Stevens have been playing so far together in this season. Um, and yeah, I think Salisu is quite a, a physical player. So to be, be, if it's me, I would probably keep the same just to try and keep things less complicated. But oh, I, the I, I the could shift. see the reason as well. Mm. Yeah, if he switches it out as well, so.
0: Uh, What do you reckon, Harry? No one ever asks you, do they? No, they don't. No, I'm of a similar thought in the fact that I do like building the partnership, but I also, there's just something about me that really, I've got no stats to back it up, I, I should have researched it properly, but I just really like Lianko, just from his social media activity, <laughs> it just seems like he loves the South Coast, and it just makes me smile, every time I see him just tweet every day, love life. I think he took part in the like, there was like the Adam Armstrong thing when the ball went across the screen and he paused it perfectly and it was just it just it's just a player that makes me smile even though I've never seen him play before
1: i think just just going back on the last point i think the issue is antonio is not a silly striker he's a very intelligent player um so that he will target jack stevens he will be told to target jack stevens as much as Salisu is a physical presence he won't go anywhere near him if he could um so I think that they will target Jack Stevens on the tacks and things like that. So if we have two physical presence back there, then that sort of null and voids the physical attribute that Antonio has. However, if you have one and then Stevens, you can keep Salisu on him, but that doesn't line the back line up very well, might create spaces for other players. So I would put Liancho in, but yeah, that's just how I see it.
0: My only problem is if he chucks Liancho in... I think Lianco or Lyancho will be targeted to the fact that he's only been at the club a couple of weeks he's not really trained with every first team player don't worry we don't have millions of internationals out but we've got a couple on, in, on the international break and we sort of we'll chuck him in after two weeks training and from what we said from last season we like players training for a couple of months to learn the system but I guess that's also thrown out the door with the fact that Liveramento started every game uh, instead of Walker Peters even though Walker Peters were transferred to the left side Adam Armstrong is playing it sort of has to, so I think that's sort of a null and void argument for that one. But I think if you change three of the back four from last season and make it four out of four, if you put Salisu, if you if you count Salisu as not a mainstay from last season, we we'll just have a completely new back four, which maybe isn't a bad thing because it's sort of starting from scratch. But it is a, it is a partial worry that I do have. But he's got to start at some point, Lianko, But I'd rather it be against Sheffield United, for example. So he's got a bit of a slower start, and then we'll chuck him in a more. A more dangerous time
1: i think even even that you know we had the second worst defense in the league last year good point
0: very like, good point it's,
1: it's not <laughs> it's not a thing of oh yeah we kept like double figures and clean sheets and and we sort of had four or five games where we had like nil nil draw or anything like that we we conceded to like 68 goals yeah, last 68, season yeah yeah <laughs> like, so why don't we back for it? It's, I mean, I like, I like Jack Stevens a lot, but I don't want him to get exploited. And I don't think, I think Liancio will have a better chance of trying to like null and void the effect of Antonio because you have the physicality of him and the pace of Salisu. That might help having a bit more of a physical back line than having Jack Stevens there. And it's not, it's nothing against Jack Stevens, he just doesn't have that physicality. That um, that some of the other mm. centre halves have. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's it will be the worst thing in the world. And we've seen Ralph change it in the past for specific teams. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him change it for this. However, like sticking with the same back four won't be the worst thing in the world because they've had some good performances this season. Yeah, do have we kept a clean no, sheet yet this year? Three,
0: one, and two. So yeah. Yeah, not not necessarily the strongest. But, you know, that's enough West Ham. Let's not get scared and bogged down about their danger. After the break, we will talk about our predicted starting eleven and our reveal the three players for the quiz after this short interval.
2: That's right. It is Voice FM 103.9. And this is the Saints score. We're going to be giving our thoughts looking ahead to West Ham. But Harry, previously, before the break, you told us you've got a quiz for us. Now, can you tell us what is that quiz question?
0: Well, for the new listeners, if you don't know what this part of the show is, it's three players that have played with one current Saints player in their old clubs. But it's one current Saints player is the answer to this question. He has played with three, all three of these players. It's Mark Bartra, Victor Moses and Ibrahim Afalai. You know, I think it's a bit harder this week I, I've cool. not gone for the simple players but I've made sure you know, you've know you heard of all three of them so if you do want to get your answers in remember you can do at Voice FM Radio or at saints underscore score I just want to say thank you to the people that have followed us on Twitter recently we've seen a bit of an increase since we've been doing this radio show so thank you very much remember if you're listening live and you've missed any of it you can go to the voicefm website for the listen back feature or head to any of your favorite favorite Podcasting platforms, and it's there right now, right now. I say for you to listen right from the start if you've missed anything whatsoever. Can I have those nom- uh, names again if that's right? You can indeed. It's Mark Bartra, Victor Moses, and Ibrahim Affili. Don't tell me if you've got any of the answers or you've got to get tell. Do you think you've got someone in your head where you're instantly thinking it might be this person? Yes. <sighs> See, I Mikey, I feel like I've tried to make it make it more difficult and you you just smashed it out of the park. I'm just, I I'm, think, just I'm just worried. I'm just worried.
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's two names there that just scream who it is. And I'm going to be yeah. gutted if I'm uh,
0: if I'm wrong. Sure. I think I two, yeah. I think there's two that have certainly certainly made it obvious, but you know, we'll see one thing that isn't obvious is who we're going to start that we don't ever get the predicted 11 absolutely bang on for saints but this week it might be different this is the part of the show where we predict who we think is going to start against west ham united and what other place to start but in goal is it going to be anyone else but alex mccarthy he has conceded uh, six goals in three games but surely after three games you don't change your goalkeeper
1: I think also with still the non-announced rumours that Alex McCarthy is signing a three-year deal and Fraser Forster is not taking a pay cut, um, I think that McCarthy will be the one who probably, I know Ralph said that they'll battle it out, who's going to be number one this year. I think that McCarthy is just going to be our number one for the season Um, and that Forster will get cup games and not much else unless McCarthy has another shocker. Like he did last season, I can't see him stepping out. I think Ralph likes him um and I think he'll keep his place for this
0: one. yeah, I think Ollie thinks the same as well, and we'll go to the full backs it's not a bit of chop and change livermento has played all three games at right back in the league that is around the valerie played there in the cup against newport but on the left back side perad started to walker peters made his first start of the season against newcastle are you expecting much change in the wing backs? you know side of things as perad's going to come back in is walker peter's going to keep his place and i imagine or oh, do you think livermento is going to make his fourth start of the season as well
1: i can't see it changing from newcastle the entire back four i know i said about leon and and wanting him to be bought in but i can't see him being bought in by ralph because of how long he wants players i think i think he wants players to be like a hundred percent sure on what they're doing in the system otherwise the system doesn't work um so i wouldn't be surprised to see like the same entire back four i think tino livermento has obviously been incredibly impressive this season he's 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 been incredibly impressive and i, I love watching him play so I, yeah. I i wouldn't have thought he'd be dropped walker peters was very good um at both Newcastle and um, Newport, that's the one, uh, both <laughs> Newcastle and Newport, he he played really well at left back, and I do feel sorry for Parode not getting his chance, but again, it's sort of the feeling of how uh, Walker-Peters knows what he's doing in the role that he's playing. Perraud maybe not quite, even though he has been training with us for the entire preseason. season um, but when Walker-Peters is playing like he is, I think it's very difficult to drop him. Yeah, um, and yeah, Stevenson Salisu, I think, will be seen again a centre half partnership. I I think they they played very well against Manchester United as a pair. I think Everton they struggled a little bit, but it was the first time that they were playing together. Um, uh, yeah, United they played really well next to each other. Newcastle, I think. The two goals are. I think the first one's a little bit harder to prevent, but the second one is just sloppy. Um, but that's what we expect for 90th minute defending, and we got away with getting a point there. So, yeah, nothing but
0: panic. Yeah, nothing
1: <laughs> but, panic. Um, but you know, they're still growing as a partnership, and I think. I, I mean, Jan Benereck's an interesting one as well because he hasn't. He hasn't got a look in this season. He played against Newport, but apart from that, he hasn't been back in the starting 11. What do you think about that?
0: It's a bit of a surprise because it's not like Poland's went far in the Euros. You know, you look at some of the play, well none of our players bar uh, Vesgaard, who did depart. None of them went too far in the Euros, unless I'm forgetting a name, which I, I really shouldn't. But because Poland got knocked out quite early, it's not like he needed extra rest, or I don't believe he needed extra rest. I think his partner gave birth, so that might be why he might have had an extra bit of holiday. But I'm not 100% sure. I can't say I know too much about that situation completely. So I'm a bit surprised. But I think it's similar to what you were saying last uh, in the last segment about when you concede 68 goals. If you're a defender, your place is well and truly up for grabs. And Jan Bednarek, not last season, but the season before was fantastic, or most of the fan base bar, Mikey, thought he was fantastic. But last season it was a bit indifferent and Salisu came into the team on the left hand side and he immediately not becomes a fans favorite but he put in a lot of strong performances and i'm i'm not, i might be incorrect in this but i think in the last few games of the season Jack Stevens did come in it wasn't always at center back but he had a, he had a few good appearances and i think Ralph's seen that i I think he's a good trainer i don't i don't know the training situation but i think Stevens looks like someone that would be a good trainer who'd be an example as well. And he goes, do you know what? Here's your chance. And yes, we've conceded six, but I don't think we've been any worse defensively than we were last season. So it's a bit of an odd one, but I think Bednarek can be quite calm in the fact that he's certainly a long-term player. And I think we're happy or sort of content with the fact that no one's been coming in for Bednarek. So it's not like he'll sit there and go, do you know what? I'm going to go to Everton if I don't play. So... I think we're both sort of, it's it's a, it's it's good for the squads. You know, you look at Nathan Teller and I know, you know, this is not to do with the defensive side, but he came out, I think it was a few days ago. I don't know who he was talking to, but I saw it somewhere and said, you know, because of the added strength in the squad, he added competition. Not every player likes it. But what it does is it ups the levels in the training ground. Teller loves it, for example. I think the quote said that he likes it because it means that he'll train harder, he'll work harder for his position in the squad because he's not started a game in the league this season. But I think it'll be the same for the defence where you look at the wing-back situation and Perard now goes, I'm the only natural, like, quote-unquote natural left-back, but I'm not getting a place. so I'm going to have to show Ralph why I should be starting this next game or the game after that. So... Yeah, um, I'm not surprised Bednarik's not played so far this season, but I'm the same as you. I think Liveramento on the right-hand side, Walker-Peters on the left, and the centre-backs will say the same. One thing I do want to ask you, you know, you look at Ben Rama, you look at Bowen, are you concerned about the amount of space that might be left in behind, or do you think we'll be more conservative in the wing-back scenario due to the fact that we know the danger that they've created so far this season they've been free scoring I want to say they've scored 10 so far this year because I think they got four against Leicester four against Newcastle and two against Crystal Palace
1: yeah I mean that's it's obviously a danger but I don't think we should be too afraid because we know how well our fullbacks can create so if we get our fullbacks high and wide all of a sudden, they're having to track back. And if they don't track back, we've got two-on-one situations on their fullbacks. And as good as Kufa and Cresswell are, it's always very difficult situations to be able to like defend that when you've got an uh, underlapping like maybe Elianuzzi or Gineppo and then you've got your overlapping Walker-Peters and Liveramento. There's a lot of quality out wide there. So... I think as much as it is something that you should fear and should have a look at and go with the likes of Benrahma, Bowen, Antonio. You've got a lot of pace, a lot of quality up front. Players who want to cut inside and find those like inside channels and get shots away. However, we've we've played against Man United and we've sort of it. It's we've played against good players and managed to cope very well, even with playing high attacking fullbacks. Um and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar thing where um if we do get to if we do get to half time a go ahead, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ralph switch to the five again. And maybe go a little bit more defensive, a little bit more um uh, sat back and sweeper ish, you know, the Jan R- like and that sweeper
0: role that I like. Because if, if we're only one goal up and we put a five back, is that good? Because we're trying to keep the lead, Or Is it a bit worrying? Because you're sort of expecting pressure to come.
1: Again, like, I think I saw an interview with Louis van Gaal. Um, He was being interviewed by Dutch press when he did, like when he's Dutch manager. And that was it was about a couple of days ago, I think. And, he was, and the Dutch manager, the Dutch um, press, was saying, "Why don't you play like a more attacking system?" He said, "Well, five at the back doesn't have to be defensive. All because you've got three, you you could see it as a three back and playing two wide players as a four in midfield. Like you, all because it's three, all because you're playing five defenders doesn't mean that it has to be a defensive system. You watch Chelsea play. Chelsea do not play a defensive system yet they play five at the back." Uh, it doesn't have to be seen as a negative putting another centre-half on. Because having that will allow our fullbacks to get higher, will allow Ward-Prowse to have more freedom in going forward, will have Romeu more freedom going forward. Um, it will it'll give less defensive responsibility to like an Elianuzzi or, or a, a Gianepo, and they can get further forward. It doesn't always have to be seen as a bad
0: option by putting another centre-half on. I think you're spot on with that because I just looked at the Premier League table when, table when Chelsea won the league under Antonio Conte. They scored 85 goals. Last season, Manchester City won the league scoring 83 goals. So I think you're spot on in the fact that it doesn't have to be defensive. It's just the it's not a mis... I don't think it's a misconception. I just think it's... I think you're slightly more conservative but you, it's not that like you don't have any attacking output. And I think that's the excitement that we have. If we have Liveramento and either Perard... Or Walker-Peters on the other side. You know, these aren't fullbacks that don't like getting forwards. They live for getting forwards. So I'm, I'm excited to see if we do move that system. I do like that we've got I, flexibility as well.
1: I also want to say the fact that we play 4-4-2. Burnley play 4-4-2. They play defensive football. We play attacking football. It doesn't yeah. matter tactically how you line up. What formation you use It's how you use that formation. So it it can it can be sort of like oh if you're playing a four at back you can play the most defensive system ever by putting two blocks of four and a block of two or you can play a three back but then have like seven attackers and just have the three defenders so it doesn't have to be a defensive system it just depends how you use it
0: Hold on right two central midfielders i think this is going to be the quickest part of the team yeah is it going to be anyone but war Prouse and romeu
1: no, I don't think so. I think it's, it's probably the most solidified bit of our team is Warprowski and Romeo. I can't see um, them being changed. I think Diallo's still got a little bit of development to go. And again, if we do switch to that 5-3-2 that we played against Man United at some point, I'd like to see Diallo come on the pitch because I think he suits playing that three in midfield a bit better than I think it was Janepo who slotted yeah. in there against Man United um i think he would he would suit that a little bit more um but i'm quite excited about ryan finnegan he seems to be number 4 on the list now um he's playing for the b team i think he's 17 or 18 um, he looks quite
0: exciting coming through. Romain likes the look of him as well, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, I think, he does. Romain also said that Walprous didn't even consider leaving, and no. Walprous said that Romain is his favourite person at the club. I th- I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere as well. So there's a lot of love in that midfield. Yeah, there is. I do, I do really like it. Right. Ryan I mean, Finnegan was born in 2003. Oh, <laughs> that, I don't like that. Let's move on quickly because I was born sure. in 2001, and you were born in like 1995 or something like that. So. <laughs> We'll have, to, we'll have to move on to the wingers. Ginepro and Elianusi started the last game. Do you think anything's going to change there? You know, Walcott's injured, so he was out of the running. So, Stuart Armstrong, they're not available. Walcott's a doubt, at least. Are the wingers going to change whatsoever?
1: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Redland come in um he hasn't started this season has he which has been yeah. surprising uh, apart from newport yeah. um and i think that we can't get out, out of any sort
0: of yeah, he player. hasn't
1: he hasn't started in the premier league this season
0: yeah
1: um and Gineppo, again having a good performance but nothing nothing to show for it and probably should have two goals to show for it uh from newcastle I wouldn't be surprised, especially the impact Nathan Redman made off the bench, creating the two opportunities for the goal and the penalty. I mean, I can see Elie keeping his place, but I think Gineppo might be a little bit shaky.
0: Well, is Gineppo staying or is Gineppo going out of the starting 11? A
2: clash song. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, who's his... Who's, he's a left left side, isn't he? Gineppo? He's on the
0: left side, yeah. Comes yeah.
2: In yeah, so who's his who's most likely to challenge him on that left-hand side?
0: Uh, Redmond's the most Redmond, likely on the left. Oh. Teller on the right, but then Teller prefers to play as a number nine anyway. Well, it seems like, but I think he's happy anyway. But yeah, <sighs> it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a difficult Redmond
2: one. I think Geneppo probably keeps it just because I think Geneppo offers a little bit more than Redmond. I know it sounds weird because both of them really don't have much end product, do they? So that's the problem. But I think Geneppo causes more problems, whether he means to do it or not. I think Giannepo causes more issues, whereas Redmond always seems to, if he's not on form, he just seems to play the safe option, which is really not what you want from a winger. You want them to cause problems and, you know, keep defenders on edge. And it's really frustrating as well, especially when you see how well Redmond travels with the ball. You think he'd do it a lot more often, but sometimes he doesn't. And he's quite frustrating to watch. So probably Giannepo, if I was a betting man. But.
0: No. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be the same as last game, whereas Gineppo will start, he'll try and they'll they'll run them raggeds, and then about the sixtieth minute mark, I think that's when Redmonds will come on and just try that final push. And if he impresses off the bench again and Gineppo doesn't do anything, that's when I think that's the change that will be made the next game. Right, we'll rattle through the two strikers. Is it Armstrong and Adams for you guys? Yeah,
1: oh. I can't see that changing. Yeah, I I, I can't see that changing at all.
0: Are you happy with that strike
1: combo? Yeah, I mean, Borgia has done incredibly well oh, for wow. Albania on international duty. He did incredible. Did you see the... Fi- I know it was against San Marino. Did you
0: see the finish that he did? I think um, his finishes He scored, he scored two goals. He did yeah,
1: but he just rocketed the ball in the net. I think he got a goal and two and assists against San Marino. He scored the winner in the 87th minute against... Was it Hungary? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so obviously he's on quite a bit of form, but I I don't know how ready he is, but it'll be incredibly exciting when he does get his chance in the first team. Um but no, Adams and Armstrong have done very well so far this season, so happy keeping them two. So we're basically just saying unchanged, yeah?
0: Yeah, ba- basically. But I, I like I <laughs> said so, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for Brozier to be an option now because it feels like last game he, he came off the bench for the first few apart from Newport he, he didn't play a part and so I'm excited for that right after the break we'll talk about our predictions of Sui so how positive we are because you know West Ham are a threat and we've we've highlighted that but I'm, I'm optimistic about the upcoming game so yeah and we'll, we'll reveal the next three or the same three players again if you've missed it for the quiz this is coming up right after this Southampton's Voice FM. And we're back. It's the Saints score on Voice FM as well as all of your good podcasting platforms. we already talked about the dangers of West Ham and the Saints starting 11 that we think is going to face them at St. Mary's. But we've got the predictions coming up. Remember, if you want to get involved in the show at Voice FM Radio on social media or at Saints underscore score, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We do still have the quiz, the three players that are played, have played with one current Saints player. It's Mark Bartra, Victor Moses, and Ibrahim Afellay. this week. Mikey thinks he's got it. Ollie, do you have any sort of ideas? Don't say the players, but do you have any idea in your head who it could be?
2: I only know one of those players, so it doesn't really bode well. Who's, who's Bartra? Michael. Would I know him? Who's he?
0: He's a, he's a well. I, I don't. know I don't want to. We'll put it at the he, end of the episode. He was an
2: old. He was an old FIFA
1: and FM wonder kid. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's you know, know if, if manager, yeah. You know, Mikey knows it.
0: If you're the word football manager, yeah, Mikey's got it nailed down. He knows his team. You know the teams. They you know, both the, the
2: Ibrahim Afalay as well. Yeah. He, 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 also, a, he also. He also is an old
0: FM wonder kid.
2: FLA. Can I Google yeah. to yeah. see who he is, or is that cheating?
0: You can, no, you, oh, Mikey did that last week, so you can do yeah, it. You you can know, do that, all sort of all sort of rules and morals have gone out the window at this point.
2: B A R T R. I can Google
0: this way, though.
2: Oh, oh, I know who he is. I know who he is. Right. <laughs> there we go. He, <laughs> played for, he played for Dortmund. He played for Dortmund. I, I know who he I is. I didn't
0: know he played for Dortmund. Yeah. Uh,
2: right. oh, well, that gives us Obviously, a hint that it's not Dortmund. <laughs> it's not Flair who played
0: for Dortmund. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any current Saints Flair has played for Borussia Dortmund. If they um... have... Um, fair enough uh, to them, but I, ge- I genuinely can't think of someone that has. No, okay, I, think uh, I think so. No, I've got an not.
2: idea now. Thank.
0: Cheers, cheers. I'm glad to hear. Right, oh, we've 40 talked 40, about 40. all of this. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? We've we've put all the theory on the table, but that doesn't mean anything. We need to know what score it's going to be. What What do you guys think? Oof. Thing, just the sounds of thinking comes out. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's, never, it's never a good sign where there's no instant, like, yeah, we'll win. Yeah, we'll win. Mm. Like, <laughs> this, yeah. No one my has dream, gone, yeah, we'll win this.
2: Mind you, Man United, I remember walking in the turnstile and saying to my dad, I just don't see us anyway getting a result out of this. So I said, I've never felt so sure <laughs> in the fact that we will exactly I get a result. And that's what I said to my dad. I was um, just like, I know ne- I... I can't remember the last time I felt this kind of like uh what would you call it? When you're at like at peace with knowing what's gonna happen. I don't know the specific word, but there no, is a word.
0: I, for I, I was the same as you. I was I was I think it's the only ever Saints game where I've gone, Do you know what, we're probably gonna lose but I'm quite excited to see their players, yeah. which is such a bad way of... You know, I was just like, well, oh, Sancho's pretty cool. Varane mm-hmm. might play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenwood's on Forbes. I hope he doesn't show it, but we'll, we'll see. But ironically, it's the game that we've conceded the least in. So
2: Yeah,
0: odd. Uh, which, which is um, a weird
2: thought. I, I, I kind of have a middle ground, West Ham. I was, like, I was kind of thinking, I can see us doing... Maybe getting something, but then also I can imagine West Ham kind of running more and um, giving him a... See. Good running over. Um, well, we've seen both number, sides of yeah. West Ham. We've we've seen
1: we've seen West Ham batter a side like Leicester, batter Newcastle, but also they got a point against Palace, which was something Palace weren't expecting to do. So, you know, maybe a two-one Southampton win. I could see. I love the
0: optimism. I could see us go.
1: getting three points from this game very narrowly. Wow. <laughs>
0: and if you flash back Um, to last season we drew nil-nil at St Mary's does Alex McCarthy make a wonder save in that game I sort of seem to remember from Ben Rama I might be completely wrong in that I might be thinking of the season before uh, not the Ben Rama situation because he got there last season but nil-nil last season but what I was sort of thinking before Ollie gives his prediction out of the first four games this season from last season's corresponding fixtures we we only got one point so I think we've no, it's not been a brutal uh, start to the season for us. But if if you go back on historical data, these are these are four difficult fixtures for Southampton, and we never we never normally do well against Newcastle. We never normally do well against West Ham. We everyone struggles about, against Manchester United at, at home, and Everton we've not won in however many years. So it's, it's been a bit brutal at the start of the season, I think.
2: Ah. <laughs> uh... I think there will be goals. Now, I've known not to predict draws because I always do it on this podcast because I can't make my mind up and I go, oh, it'll just be a draw. And it's never a draw whenever I predict a draw. I used to always say one all. If you've listened to our podcast previously, you know for about the last 100 episodes, about 80 of them, I've predicted a one all just because I can't be sure. So I'm really trying hard not to predict a draw right now and trying to make a decision. But I keep coming back to 2-all. And I don't know why. that I'm, I'm really trying to go, no, don't don't predict it. But I see a 2-all. <laughs> and that's just what I've got you, in my mind. Are you leg.
0: fence-sitting? Are you fence-sitting? Is that the question? Is that I the can thing? just kind of see You're it. Just...
2: and I can imagine us going 2-0 up and then losing the second half and it being 2-all. <laughs> and everyone walking out the stadium going, How did we not win that, typical Saints, blah, 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 blah. but you would have taken the draw at the start of the game. It's just very... Preminent. I can just... Permanent? I don't even think that's a word. I can just see it. A two-all. And I'm just going to go with it. I'm not going to... I'm not going to be scared into predicting a draw when I think it's going to be two-all.
0: You know what? Yeah. I'd always be happy with a point out of this game, but then I was also... I think I was having a conversation with someone. I'd probably say that for most games this season, and if we get a draw for the rest of the season, we'd only finish on 37 points, and right. we'd be right down there. So, we'll have to see. But anyway, I want you to flash to your mind but sorry you go Michael
1: I was just going to say we haven't won against West Ham um, since do you remember the 3-2 at a, home to, where Charlie Austin scored the penalty and Marko Ananchevich uh elbowed Jack Stevens in the face. You
0: ruined my mm. anecdote. I, I was am about, so I was a, sorry. Before you started that, <laughs> yeah. before you started that, I was about to say I want you to flash your mind back to twenty seventeen. When and basically whatever you just said there about Gavidini, Tanic, and Austin scoring, Hernandez scoring twice, and it just yeah, all of that. I think it's going to be 3-2. I think this game's going to be full of goals. Ooh. Both teams aren't afraid to attack. We both, uh, wh- whilst Ollie was you know, doing something else, whilst he was on the phone, me and Mikey <laughs> were talking about the fullbacks just from both teams just love getting forwards. And I think that can create goals left, right and centre. So yeah, I'm going to go for a, a narrow 3-2 victory. Saints are going to finish on five points after these games. And would you be happy with a point out of this game? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think a point will be a, a good result from this game, especially with the record that we have had against West Ham. We always do seem to struggle. Um I think uh, yeah, we we just I, I I don't know. It always gets yeah. to this point in the in the show <laughs> where we get to predicting the result and cuz of the games we've had so far and our previous records against them, it's always just a bit of a Uh, yeah, maybe this might happen. It's not really like a hopeful kind of thing. It's usually just, I mean, we might do it. We might be able to get a result here. And I think, in all fairness, we've got a good chance in doing so. It's just, it hasn't been that great in recent time. West Ham have had a really good season last year. They kicked off this season really well, and it might be something we, we sort of looked at, and we thought maybe it will take us a little bit of time to get our first win on the board and I think this will just be another fixture where it's going to take us a little bit more time to get a win on the board.
0: Well you're talking about uh, us always getting to this point where we go yeah maybe a point the next episode will be previewing the Manchester City game so yeah I think we will just all go yeah we take we take a point right now snap your hand off thank you very much. And um, It doesn't
1: get any easier because then we've got Wolves, Chelsea, and Leeds. Uh, uh, after that, too, Wolves at home, Chelsea man. away, Leeds at home. And then we get to Burnley,
0: Burnley, Walton, so, Aston Villa, Norwich. I think that's the four game. You, you you, know you're going to think points, those well, are maybe. games that we've got
1: to get points from. Get.
0: Yeah. I think uh, the Premier League's just getting more difficult every single season because every team's just investing heavily and uh yeah it's just getting a higher level which i do like because it makes the premier league a big proposition in world football so that's i, prefer, I preferred it then.
1: when we could sort of like finish fifth and sixth that was quite nice so those are the, that those the nice.
0: easy days though where we could say <laughs> we're gonna win that we're gonna win that we're gonna get a point I, out i of liked that. those days they were fun I mean, it was the day yeah. I, was, I was watching the Premier League years from the season we came up. I completely forgot in the first season we beat both Liverpool and Chelsea. Imagine coming up to the Premier League and at St Mary's you beat both Liverpool and Chelsea in the first. And we beat Man first. City as well. Did we in the first season? I, we I beat Man City. It was
1: that that was three one because Gareth Barry scored the own goal? I didn't he, know if that was the same season. So, I yeah. think that was the first season
0: because Jason oh, Punch man.
1: and Stephen Davis got on the sort of score sheet as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If we win all those games this season, that'd be absolutely brilliant. But, uh, but at yeah, home, we'll, we'll win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Something that we haven't talked about for quite a few weeks is fantasy football.
1: There's a reason for that, and that's because Ollie hasn't been on.
2: I never bring up fantasy football. That's not true. I'd never bring it up because I'm not actually having a great season this one. It's just because I'm like, in our group. Just no one beats me, and I've, I've won it four years in a row or something. And there's just I everyone mean, gives Mark up. I
0: mean, Mark When Mark has once one, of, has one of our friends, but oh, currently, Ollie, right. you're right. sat in third That's right. uh, in our okay. personal league. I'm sat in fifth. Mikey, I have to do some serious scrolling to try and find you. Hmm. You are. Oh no, past me. That's embarrassing. Uh, 67 points from last season that's quite impressive what I have seen Ollie you've got Mikhail Antonio will you be keeping him in? will you be captaining him or are you going to do the right thing and take him out of your team
2: um, I always struggle with this because if I was a serious <laughs> fancy football player I would go I'd probably captain him to be honest but there's also part of me this is where I get let down and I don't I don't challenge for the proper you know Going for that first place because I can't. I don't have the heart to captain him, and you know, secretly be kind of happy if he scores against Saints because that's that's just not right, oh, is okay. it? It shouldn't I be. You should be standing. Oh, what are you going to say? I'd you're say going to be a devil's, devils Advocate. advocate. And I say I
0: wouldn't be happy if he scored, but you get that sort of. It's a win-win situation where, so if he doesn't score, Saints probably do well if Antonio doesn't get on the score sheet. If he does score, you're disappointed, but you go out the stage and then go. At least I've sort of... At
1: least I've got some ten,
2: fancy points. i
0: got like a 10% win. But you're not happy when he scores, but it's just like the bare minimum you can take out of the situation.
2: I don't like that, but, because if a West Ham player scores, you're going to be going, oh, did Antonio get an assist or anything, aren't you? And that's just not how you should do it, is it? I think mean, you should just kind of leave it. I don't know. Maybe I might change my mind, and if I really need to get up to that first place again, I might, I might sell my soul like Harry and bet on my own... Well, I don't, own I don't captain players team.
0: against Saints. You I, don't, uh, then. I think I then? No, I don't think... I've got them in my team, but I don't captain them very, 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 very rarely. I can't remember the last time I did, but I go from the situation of where if he doesn't score, he uh, will win or get a point, but then it's happened too many times where I've captained him, we've lost 2-1, and he's not got a goal or an assist, and it's like, well, I've not won well, in any scenario here. Yeah. So you yeah, it's, it's You're the a big loser game. in all of
2: those, then, aren't you? I mean, yeah. I, I am regularly you?
0: described as a big loser. <laughs>
2: No, I've got, got everyone
1: dear in my team, which is yeah. obviously a, a, a not a great one, considering a load of Argentinian and Brazilian players have been banned from playing this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. The 10th oh, to yeah. the
0: 14th. Eight Brazilian players did, apart from Richarlison, because ever they've got a good relationship with the Brazilian FA. So oh. Richardsons can still play, but eight other players can't, but it does mean Scott Carson mm. will probably play against Leicester, which I do. Really sure.
1: Emi Buendia and Emmy Martinez are both out as well, because mm. they went to Argentina and they were involved in that very peculiar game where yeah. four players didn't do their isolation period, therefore everyone's now in isolation. So yay. Um but what I love about it is I've still got Michael Vefemi on my bench. and if you if you click on a ferry it has the red triangle on it uh saying that he's unavailable it says transfer to swansea city unknown return date (laughs) that's always (laughs) at least fancy uh... football think he's coming
0: back Or oh, just he yeah. might mean when well, when he goes to Swansea, he might get promoted. And then yeah, yeah, they, true. They, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know how they start the season. Uh, I, no. Yeah, I don't know I don't how think Swansea start particularly well, but I don't want to be quoted on that because I mean, you know, literally just have I yeah. mean... That, <sighs> That's a very good goal. Well, uh, uh, we'll find out in about thirty right.
1: seconds when I can type "championship"
0: in. Who's going to um, get there first? Who's, gonna get uh, there
1: first? Who's gonna Swansea? Nineteenth uh, with yeah. one win. Yeah. Yeah, like
0: I said, I don't think they've, they've done particularly and well. And
1: they beat Bristol City, which isn't a bad result. Bristol City, a good side. So,
0: hmm. I mean, yeah, they've got Nigel Pearson, so they've. Got, they should do well this season, should Bristol. I don't know how we got to the point where we've just. Michael Femi. City, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, this is. Like, here's like, a
2: Saints podcast, guys.
0: 30 <laughs> seconds, Ollie. Transfer yeah. business out of 10. How would you, how would you rate Saints' as transfer business? Because me and, me and Mikey talked about it last episode. But oh. I wanted to hear someone else's opinion as well. 30 seconds, go. Like a, uh, like
2: a six, maybe a seven. Because yeah, the ones that seven. I'm most excited about out are Livramento who's great but I don't think we're going to see him for very long because I think he's probably going to go straight back to either Chelsea or be bought by someone else so again I, I, I almost look at it like a loan signing Broge is a very good signing but again it's a loan so I don't want to get too attached to him Adam Armstrong looks very promising and I think that was probably one of our best bits of business god that's hard to say uh, and Lee Anko, I haven't seen him kick a football yet, so still jury's out on that one. Um, interesting what we did with the goalkeepers, put McCarthy on a new deal and looks like Forster's going to leave. But then I don't know how well that's going to go down considering you know one of them's going to leave and they've kind of played their cards, but we've still got a- another season. So unless they're thinking Forster's going to play for a transfer, I'm not sure. Uh, and then who else came in? Did we have anyone else? Very no- small,
0: brochure. You know, those I like I players. liked
2: small, I thought that was a, a smart signing, but that's not really a it shouldn't really be a first team signing. I know he signed because it is a first team, but it's a very he's a very young lad and that's a lot of a lot of pressure. He's clearly got to think he's ready if if he's coming in for that. But I think it's a decent signing. Yeah, maybe like a six I or think, a seven. Nothing with, like
1: with what you think? You go, Ollie, you finish off your point.
0: I was you pretty, pretty finish much off your point. Oh, okay. oh, Mikey, yeah. quick, ten seconds. Say. Oh yourself. no,
1: I was I was literally going to say Thierry Small wanted first team football at Everton when he was sixteen. So I think he's got the mentality he's to ambitious. try and like sort of make that step up to the first team. He's
0: ambitious, right? Quickly yeah. quiz three players that played one current Saints player: Mark Barcher, Victor Moses, Ibrahim Afeli. Who was it, Mikey? or Romeo. There we go. Was, I yeah. to, which which uh, which which two was it? Bartra and Affolter that made it obvious.
1: No, Bartra and Moses made it off, obvious Moses. because Bartra was Barcelona. Victor Moses was Chelsea. Yeah.
0: Bartra um, was Catalonia. No, Moses amazing, was Chelsea man. and then Ibrahim Afalai on his one appearance he played with Afalai Messi was on the bench didn't play against uh, Deportiva La Coruña so I mm-hmm. wouldn't have put Messi because that would have just made it very obvious
1: yes so, yeah two yeah, extra Barcelona players there
0: and a Chelsea player so I thought yeah, yeah I can yeah, I, and, and actually I don't never get it wasn't I got any,
1: any
0: um
1: there probably wasn't any players that played for Stoke that are currently playing for us either. So I think. Oh, yeah,
0: totally. we right. you got Oli well in Ollie. Bojan yeah, played like that day as well in more than number nine shirt. Anyway, nice. Thank nice. you very much for everyone for listening. Hopefully, we'll come back when Saints have picked up their first three points of the season. Mikey, Oli, anything else to say? About
1: the same. I don't think so, no, mate. Mm. All
0: right, come on, you Reds, and we'll list it. Well, we'll see you next week.